Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hi, this is Janine Bolin here, and today we are loaded with quality content. Today, you know, the show is all about saving your knowledge, working on your business. Sometimes we throw in a few money tips, but today's guest is going to help us with saving our sanity, and we can totally use that this day and age. This is the Janine Boland Show. It's a syndicated program of four podcasts that we were combining in October of 2021. I want to say thank you to all those listeners who have followed me ever since 2004 when I was doing Power Women. They called me an audio podcaster, and then we became podcasters instead of audio bloggers. And you guys stayed with me as we did Three Minute Money Tips, The Thriving Solopreneur, The Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations. And for those of you that remember way back in the Wayback Machine of 2017, The Practical Mystic Show. Today, you know that I am interviewing 99 authors this year to get their guidance, their perspective on how to save your knowledge, how to create published books, how to do video series, and how to do audio playlists. So depending upon what kind of creative you are, even if you don't think you're creative, today's guest is going to help you understand a little bit more about yourself. We're going to kind of take a dive within to your intuition. So who is this mystery guest? Well, today her name happens to be Chara Rodriguera, who has spent the past 25 years developing a very unique form of yoga. It's called Soul Path Yoga, and Soul is S-O-L. And she supports you being your best self, living your best life. Now, I know you've heard that before, but give, stay with us just for a minute here. Not only does Soul Path Yoga help you with that, she also has life programs that provide the information, practices, and tools to really live that life with greater awareness, skill, peace, joy, and love. And I know you've heard that before with other people, but just remember, Cherry uses something different. She is an inspirational facilitator, an author, and a poet. She has insight. She has deep reflections and she cares about the sessions that she brings to you. And today we are fortunate enough, she's going to do a little bit of a meditation with us here toward the end. So stay tuned. She also promises that you will feel welcomed, encouraged, uplifted, supported, guided, and full of hope upon your very first meeting with her. So I highly recommend you reach out to her after you listen to what she has to share with us today. She is also a best-selling author and her most recent book, is love and it's a compilation of poetry and images. It's quite a beautiful book. It's one of those books that you not only want to have on your coffee table because it just looks great, but it also has incredibly inspirational messages in it as well. So with that being said, welcome to the show, Chara. Thank you so much, Janine. And thank you everyone who's listening today. I'm so excited to be here with you. So one of the fun things I like to ask people is, as writers, there's always that moment, that pivotal time when you're writing your book, you're starting to put things together, and you have that moment where you're like, do I use my real name or do I use a pseudonym? Because, you know, it's very vulnerable when you write books and you just put yourself out there. So did you use your real name or did you choose to use a pen name? That's a great question. I have a unique name and I went with my name. Cool. So that I found that with a lot of folks who are nonfiction writers or poets that they don't have a problem with using their real name. It seems more the fictional writers 
<laughs> that try to hide a little bit under the, the pen name. So thank you for sharing that with it. Would you change your decision today, knowing what you know, or would you totally stay with your given name? I would keep my decision. However, it's funny you say that fictional writers usually have a pen name because when you are writing straight from the heart, like my sacred poetry books, I got to tell you, when I was a new author, I was terrified of being so vulnerable. And I am putting my heart and soul out there. So come to think of it, I if I had to do it over again, a pen name might have soothed my nerves a little bit. But no, having gone this journey, I'm glad that I was completely authentic and used my, my full name. Okay. Well, one of the things I like to ask, because it just depends on people's background. So you talk about how for 25 years, you've been reworking this yoga practice, you've come up with this new path. But did you have a marketing background before you started writing your books? No, zero, zero, zero marketing background. My whole focus was on writing the book and somehow going through all the, it seemed like infinite steps to bring it to fruition. And then all of a sudden I thought, now how am I gonna let people know about this? So the marketing was a total afterthought, at least on my first book. And then um, I've written three so far. So now I, I try to think about that a little bit ahead of, ahead of time, a little bit more these days. So tell us about your first book. What's the title of your first book? And, and the marketing was done as an afterthought. Yes, my first book is entitled You Are. And it is a book of 12 empowering messages that celebrate you. And technically, I wrote this book for my two sons when they were just babies. And in my mind, I was writing it for them. And then as I was writing each of the messages, my heart started to ignite. And I thought, I want every child, I want every person to know these messages. So it started right, you know, as a book for my children. And now it's a very simple book. It's um, self-published, but I just actually gave it to my piano teacher and he started crying. He's 26. And he said, this couldn't have come at a better time because as you said, it's a challenging time for people. People are struggling to stay sane, to stay grounded, to stay centered, to stay in the embodiment of love. And anything that you can do or receive that supports your truth, your essence, your inner knowing, um, your path, your calling, then that's what I want to be a part of. And so that was the first book. You wrote it for your sons. They were little. How old are they now? They are 10. Sorry. They are 11 and 13. My younger son just turned 11. So yeah, yeah isn't I'm not that used wild? To saying 11 yet. 11 and almost 13. Yeah. And I still read them one passage a night, usually before they go to bed. There's 12, so I'll say pick a number, and then we'll read that passage together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I loved reading to my kids. I, to me, that's where the, the love of language, the love of learning comes from, is having uh, a parent or a guardian read to you on a nightly basis. It's very soothing. So talk to us about your second book then, because then, you know, you know a little bit more 
Uh, how did the marketing change for your second book? If you don't mind, give us your title of the book and then how the marketing changed. Absolutely. So um, the second book is different in that it's a book of sacred poems and self images. So not only are the words from my heart, the images are very soulful images that I have taken of myself or had people help me take of myself. And this is a bit interesting because these days it is, is common for people to take selfies, for people to post pictures of themselves all over the place. But when I was growing up in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, nobody did that. You had a photographer and a model. Nobody took pictures of themselves. But when I was um, early on in college, one of my photography teachers gave us an assignment to do a self-portrait. And I had always had this inkling, Janine, this feeling that I wanted to be behind the camera and in front of the camera at the same time, but I didn't trust that inkling. I needed someone to give me permission to do it. And once I had that permission, I, you know, for the last 30 years, I've been doing self-portraits. So when I started putting together this book of sacred poems, which is entitled Breathe, um, makes sense. I'm a yoga teacher and breathing is one of one of the things that have changed my life. I was so excited. It was the closest thing to my heart that I had ever created. And at the same time, I was absolutely petrified. And this book required a little bit more design, I guess I'd say. And I was very particular about the layout of the text. And so I was so, again, focused on completing the book and all the steps it took to produce the book. I, uh, I gotta say, I didn't think that much ahead other than to tell my students, to tell my immediate family that I was creating this book. And I was a little bit more involved in social media at the time. So I did let people know a little bit more and I did have a book signing at Barnes and Noble. And so, and I did bring my book to classes. So that was sort of a natural way that I could introduce it to people where I felt safe. But I have to tell you, I was even more petrified to share this book than the first book because it was even more, uh, uh, so many levels more vulnerable than the first book. And then so, you have a third, then you have a third book. So you know, I'm walking people with you <laughs> down your marketing journey because like the first book, it was like, nobody knew about it at all until it was done. Yes. It was published. Yes. The second book, you're starting to let people know. So talk to us about your third book, because that's where you got your bestseller status was that's right. you're the third book. And that's a whole different story. Yeah, that's right. Well, Janine, I actually thought about it ahead of time a bit. And what I did was I. I was still a little nervous, but not terrified because I had already been through this before. I was used to it. I was used to sharing. And now I want to say the scales tip toward the energy of excitement. So I really was excited to share this book coming out. And I really felt it was going to touch people's hearts in a very deep way. And one thing I would love to um, express to your audience is that when I shifted from the word marketing to sharing, that helped me a lot. 
that I'm sharing something that I'm passionate about as opposed to trying to sell it. That was a big shift for me. So I created, um, I want to say like a contest with my readership and my audience. And I said the first, I want to say 10 people, 20 people who bought the book and wrote a review, I gave them gifts. And um, I had different levels of gifts. So I was, you know, starting to share about this ahead of time. I created, you know, that more of a launch and we did a countdown of the day it was going to launch. And then again, the, the, the first, however many people who bought the book and wrote a review, they got special gifts. And I was so excited to give them the gifts and they were excited to support me. So that's how it became a bestseller was through, you know, really taking time ahead of time to think about this. And um, a few of my author friends helped me with those ideas. And I want to say that the, the writing community, the community of authors is so supportive, right? Mm -hmm. We all want to support each other, write each other, read each other's books, give each other's books as gifts, write reviews for each other, introduce our audience to each other. So the more time I spent in this community and the more authors I know, they also helped me with these ideas to, you know, give my launch a bit more energy behind it. So I guess just wait until my fourth book comes out, then, <laughs> then things will be for, very different for that one. We didn't get to this question, but um, actually I'll wait till you ask the question because I do want to touch on what I will do for my next one. Right. So from, from, the past three books, what most surprised you about the book marketing and the book sharing process? I would say what I just mentioned, how absolutely supportive and excited everybody seems to be about it. I thought I would, you know, I was all timid and didn't want to bother people. And people have just been so excited, so supportive, so helpful. Um, so that was a great surprise. The surprise that I guess I wasn't anticipating was how much continual sharing, in quotes, an author needs to do to keep putting it out there. It's almost like ongoing 24-7 sharing, um, mm -hmm. which can feel a little bit overwhelming at times, especially if you're doing it by yourself, like I am. Right mm -hmm. now, anyway. Mm -hmm. and, and what would you change if you started marketing your book today? What are some adjustments you would have made in your process? Well, that's the question I want to answer. So thank you for asking, because this is what I'm going to do with my next book, which is already um, in the process of being created. So number one, anything anybody can do that's listening to streamline their process of sharing on social media, sharing with their, if they have a newsletter, streamlining that process to make it as easy and as fun as possible so that you don't dread doing it. Um, that's my num number one suggestion. Number two, I am going to probably hire a marketer for a little bit of time before, during, and after the launch of the book. My budget may not necessarily support a full-time marketer all year round, 
But for the launch, I think it's really important to have that support because as you heard, as the author, um, and those of you authors out there too, I'm guessing your focus is on making the book as best as you, the best possible product you can. You wanna be so in love with it that you can't wait to share it. So a lot of, I know my focus is going on the product of the book. And if I could have somebody helping me, thinking ahead with the marketing, telling me what steps I can take, then I'm more apt to do the steps as opposed to if I need to come up with that at the end of the day after working on the book and taking care of my kids and doing the dishes, um, it's probably not going to get done or I'll do, you know, just whatever is the easiest possible thing for myself. But to have that special dedicated person cheering you on and, and giving you the steps to take, I, I think it's well worth the investment even for that period of time. I, I have to agree. I've, I've seen that happen over and over on when people talk about the way they would change things. So tell us what worked best for you when you were selling your books? What was something that worked the best? Okay. Um, so I mentioned this before, what worked best for me was tapping into my audience, the audience who knows me, loves me, and trusts me. So those would be my family, my friends, and my yoga students, and anyone who's taken my courses. Those people that I'm in uh, communication with on a regular basis, they are 100% going to support the, all the authors out there, your audience, who knows and loves and trusts you. I think they're the best place to start, the best place to tap into. Um, and one thing I did was to start infusing the book into what I was already doing. So let's say I would be teaching my weekly yoga class. I would read a poem from the book or maybe a part of a poem. So I I really suggest to any of the authors out there or aspiring authors out there to start creating your audience now with your loved ones that are already in your life and start to infuse your messages that are gonna be in your book or already if you finished your book, start to infuse it into things you're already doing. So again, I did that in my yoga classes. And finally, book signings were really successful for me. I did a book signing at Barnes and Noble and the line was out the door and we weren't even serving chocolate or wine. So that was at Barnes and Noble. My next one, I'm gonna have a book signing at a fabulous venue where you know, maybe we'll have some wonderful food, um, teas and coffees, if someone enjoys wine. Um, maybe some special baked things. So to be in an environment where people feel comfortable, feel warm, there's you know wonderful food and drink, I think that is gonna be super successful. And I already have my place picked out where I'm going to do it. Cool. And what year did you do this at Barnes and Noble? I did the Barnes and Noble book signing for my first book. So that was... Let's see. Let's see if the year is in this book. Uh, that was 2013 or 2014. Right. I like to put a date on it because so much has changed 
not mm. only in the publishing industry, but in the way book signings are being done. They're no longer being done at bookstores or book venues. You're finding them. I've seen thrift stores and I've seen consignment shops. And like you're talking about, I already have a venue picked out. We're not using traditional venues anymore. And so I just wanted to kind of bring that to the forefront. The other thing that I wanted to ask you, this is my favorite question to ask, because this is where I learn is what was what was the process that you used? What was the system you used? And it was an epic failure at selling books because that saves us. <laughs> Thank you for saving us by making these sorts of experiences. You save us. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. So I have two, and you know, I love the word. I, I love the phrase "epic fail," but I probably wouldn't consider them epic fails because, like you're saying, you learn from them. So technically maybe they're not a failure but I'll say the one thing I did where absolutely not one person bought a book and it cost me money was in advert buying advertising ad paying for ads for my book you would think that's getting to like thousands of people and I did ads on Facebook and Instagram and I'm already on Facebook and Instagram so I thought that was like a no-brainer not one person bought a book. And again, I think it's because what I've learned is the, the people who are going to immediately say yes and spend that money are the people who already know you and trust you or have at least seen you. So when you just go and buy ads and it's going out to somebody who doesn't know you, they're less likely to, you know, put that money up front and, and make that leap of faith. However, at least those people who didn't know me saw the ads a few times and, you know, maybe over time they will come across me and eventually buy a book. So that didn't work out so good. So, well, the other thing <laughs> that I wanted to share with your audience is um, I think going on shows and podcasts are an amazing way to share whatever it is you might be doing. However, my epic fail was going on a show with an audience that was different than my usual audience. It was, um, the, this show, the way you describe it, this is so perfect. Like I could talk all day here and feel, I can even feel the audience from here that we're kindred spirits. But this particular show, which happened to be the biggest show I've ever been on, was very mainstream. And I knew that, I really knew that and tried to tailor my message to be more mainstream. But when I was done, what I heard and felt were crickets. Oh no. And the person who connected me with these hosts talked to me afterwards and he tried to be very kind and basically said, yeah, um, you might've been a little too out there for them. And I was like, that was, that was my mainstream version of me. Like that was me really trying to rein it in. And so what I would say is when you are sharing your amazing book or whatever gifts you're sharing in the world, do your best to find the audiences, the podcasts, the shows that you feel really in alignment with, that you can be yourself. Because I remember trying to um, tone myself down and not allowing myself to, to fully speak from my heart for fear that it wouldn't be received. And even in that version of me, it wasn't received. So I say, go with where you feel comfortable with the audience members that are going to understand you and appreciate you. Well, what is the biggest change that you've seen in yourself since you started marketing your book? This is a great one. 
Janine and everybody out there, I would say it's confidence and trust. I'm actually getting chills. Trust in the messages of your heart, to trust in the product that you are called to share. As I said, my first and second book, I was terrified, petrified to share my heart because I was so afraid of what people would think that maybe they wouldn't understand or they wouldn't resonate or they wouldn't like it. And now, thanks to so many supportive people, but also thanks to me trusting myself more, not everybody, as you heard, that whole audience, that whole show were like, yeah, um, okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> a no. They, 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 they didn't resonate. And I will say it took me out for like 24 hours. I, I'm I sure. had to curl up. I was yes. a little beside myself, but I breathed and people reminded me of my worth and I reminded myself of my worth. And the process has really taught me to trust myself and to create for the love of creating because I'm sharing what I find to be beautiful. I'm sharing what touches my heart to the depths of my soul. And I trust that there is going to be someone who will also resonate with it. It might not be the entire world, but for the ones who have resonated and will resonate, it is life-changing. And that's why I do it. That's the so important the, part. I, I totally agree. Yeah, the confidence, the confidence is key. And the trust, yeah. the trust. And so uh, we're going to move on to what are the top five tips that you would give authors when selling their books? Yes. Um, number one is what I just said. To trust your own heart and to create your book because you are called to do it, because you want to do it, because you find it to be beautiful and meaningful and helpful. Certainly seek advice, like we're sharing advice here, but to go with your gut and your heart. There were a lot of people who told me to do certain things or not do certain things down to the covers that I chose for my books. And no, not one person chose this cover not one person and I I just couldn't pick another cover this was the cover that my heart wanted and so in the end trust your your gut when it comes to creating your book and marketing your book did you want to add something Janine too so second um and I mentioned this think of marketing as sharing instead of trying to sell something, instead of trying to get people to buy something, think of it as sharing. You have something of value that you want to share and you want to let people know about. That takes a lot of pressure off for me. And the whole tone and language comes across different, I think. And I certainly appreciate that when I feel that someone is sharing something of value as opposed to just trying to sell something. Oh, I recommend creating a Kindle version, if possible, because they're usually a lot less expensive and you can send it immediately. So number one, it makes that um, decision of saying yes a lot easier for some people. 
it's immediate and it's usually less expensive. And the other thing is when you have a Kindle version, it makes it so easy for you to change the price and for you to send it as a gift. So if you want to give out books to people, it's a lot less expensive than giving away a hundred hard copies to, to people. So I highly recommend if at all possible, creating a Kindle version, it makes everything easier. Um, post your favorite passages from your books, pages from your books, pictures from your books. Just that's how you can share it is, and have people really get a feel for your book is to post uh, bits and pieces from it. And lastly, to seek out podcasts and collaborations such as um, Janine's show. This is such a gift to be able to share from my heart with Janine and with all of you, again, with an audience that I feel aligned with. So as I said, I love to support other authors. Other authors are very have been very supportive of me write reviews for other authors and they're going to want to rewrite write reviews for you introduce your audience to other authors and they're going to want to introduce their audience to you so these collaborations just this um, mutual sharing has probably been one of again one of the best ways that people have come to know me and my books Is and that we have five? two that's five. And so I'm <laughs> going to move us along because, you know, we have these 13 questions we're trying to crank out here. And that is okay. the question number 12 is, what is the one thing you most misunderstood about being or becoming an author? What was something that was a paradigm shift for you? Well, at first, for sure, I did not know how much of an investment it was going to be. <laughs> I mean, this is true. I, right. I knew it was going to be a lot of steps. I, I knew it was a process. I, I've been an artist my whole life. I just didn't realize how big of a process it is. It's all it's certainly worth it. And when you take little baby steps, you absolutely can do it and will do it. Um, but the other piece of the investment is there's a cost investment, you know, if you are self-publishing. Now, you have a, a publisher, Janine, so you would know more about that. I have self-published my three books. There's an investment that you need to be willing to make. And why I was willing to make that was because I was ready and I had a vision and I knew I wanted it to be a certain way. So I wanted total control and I was ready to start immediately. I didn't want to wait for somebody to have to find me or uh, give me permission to begin. I just wanted to start. So it was a big investment. <laughs> I totally agree. My first seven books were self-published. I had, and the four books after that, I was, it was a hybrid. It was half and half investment. And then book number 12, what we're working on right now, uh, that one, I have a publisher, but there's still a cost. And I I listed out for the authors that are helping me with that cost. So, um, but what is the primary thing? What is your biggest reward at being an author? To me, this is the, this is where the rubber meets the road. Yes, this is why we do this. I'm going to give you two reasons. And Initially, the first reason was that if I could touch someone's heart, if I could save someone suffering, then that 
felt like my calling. And recently I had a parent tell me that he's giving his daughter a copy of Love, the book you mentioned, for her graduation gift. There, the book Love is very much about self-love and romancing the soul. It's a lot less about, it's not a lot about romantic love. It is love, embodying love and reflecting on love. And he said, it is so perfect. The perfect gift for her, for her graduation. And my heart lit up to think that he felt this book would support his daughter. So that is the reason, that's the number one reason. The second reason, which actually in some ways has become my primary reason is because it brings me joy to create from my heart. There is a satisfaction of birthing a project that is so authentic, so true to your heart that when it is complete, you feel like you couldn't have done anything more with that book or whatever project someone in the audience might be creating. So there is a self-fulfillment. It is a birth of sorts that you have something in you that only you can create. And so that personal satisfaction of, of facing your fear and saying yes to yourself, that what you have to say and what you have to create is worth it for you. That would be my second reason. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, away from your students to be on the show today <laughs> and to talk to us and share with us. I really appreciate you being our spotlighted author today, Chara. It's my pleasure. Do we have time for the meditation or? We're going to have to oh. move along in a little okay. bit that and, uh, Thank you so much to Cherish, who has answered our questions. And if you want more information, there is so much in store for you. If you go to her website, www.chara.tv, if you go to that website, you will find information there that you is very helpful to your soul. Also, if you are an author or you know of an author that you would like us to spotlight, please visit our website, authorpodcasting.com, where you will find the 99 Author Project listed. We talk to authors of all walks of life as we build out book number 12, which is advice from authors to authors that will be published in 2023. And this is Janine Boland signing off with you today and all of us here at The Eight Gates that produces The Janine Boland Show. We wish you a wonderful week and we encourage you to get your story and your knowledge out into the world and make it a better place. There is someone out there that is in the world that needs your story that you have between your ears. We wish you to get it out for them to be able to see, to hear, or to read. We'll see you again next week. And until then, keep sharing what you know with others. Keep shining that light that is you. And don't forget to go out today and just do something that's just plain fun. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to thejanineboland.show.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. Eight